I do not know what trauma does to individuals. Like I have noticed changes in the behavior of people. I have also noticed how individuals try to cover up and how exhausting it gets to pretend to be fine. How they sometimes talk less or talk too much. How they hesitate, become passive, avoid certain discussions, distract themselves from the loud, chaotic and self-destructive thoughts in their head and sometimes, like me, instantly divert thoughts by giving oneself a cognitive task. As much as I dislike numbers, they have become a way of coping. They have become an instant refuge from the monstrous flashbacks. I try to think of a large number and call it out backwards, sometimes with a certain divisibility pattern. But this is not enough. Because sometimes there's a feeling of guilt that consumes me. The guilt of not speaking up. Hello everyone. Today, Ayesh Aswini and my partner Nilakshi, students of Lady Sriram College for Women and representatives of Gurla Prapta, a United Nations initiative, will be talking to you about something that we feel people need to be made aware of and something we hold close to our hearts, the guilt of not speaking up. The guilt of not speaking up. It is not an uncommon feeling. If you feel it too, you are definitely not alone. In acknowledging this guilt, we acknowledge along with it its very root where it stems from, the multitude of reasons people find it difficult to speak up. When it comes to sexual harassment, less than 40% of the women who experience it seek redressal. Why do we think this happens? Most of what women report today is the shock, the disbelief and denial and the anxiety that comes with experiencing such a traumatic event. Yes, and apart from that, there is also the why me question. Often women tend to blame themselves for certain traumatic episodes. If we are talking about sexual harassment, there's also this self-sabotaging question where a woman thinks about why she was the chosen one. Did she do anything to lead them on? Was she at fault in any way? What could she have done differently? It also happens that those who go through something like this take some time to fully acknowledge the incident. It takes them a while to process and to understand the barrage of feelings that hit them. This is often what translates to a feeling of disbelief and denial. Don't you think there is a need for society to tell us that it is okay? That it is okay to feel a certain way and that it is not our fault? What I can't stop thinking about is how is it that we talk about liberal spaces and the importance of standing up for each other, of creating a strong community for women and with more and more people trying to be sensitive about the usage of words and their expressions, but there is a gap gap in reality, a gap in the sense of community and a gap, moreover a gap in expression. I recently asked my followers over Instagram if they have felt this guilt of not speaking up. 91% of the responses were a yes and out of that over 50% of them said that they did know there would be consequences of speaking up and that they would if there was a safe space and a close community. From the short survey, we can hypothesize the fact that there is this fear that people feel. This fear is in fact multifaceted. On one hand, there is a fear of not being believed, of not being relatable. And on the other hand, there is a fear of being believed and being blamed for it. 
So where does one go from here? Yes, Nilakshi. Perhaps it's time to acknowledge that when it comes to being blamed for their own experiences, the reality is that women do often suffer the consequences of speaking up. In a study published in the Harvard Business Review, it was found that following the Me Too movement, 18% of men agreed that they would be more reluctant to hire attractive women. In fact, 30% of men agreed that the more women came forward with their experiences, the more likely it was for men to actually blame them and declare them to be the root cause of the problem. The list just goes on and on. So it's like a constant battle one has to fight as if going through the particular experience was not enough. If they speak up, they would be blamed and suffer the consequences, and if they do not, they feel guilty. Most women go on to say that they wish they had spoken up so that the same thing wouldn't happen to others. You know, there is something called the looking glass theory. It is a social psychological concept stating that a person's self grows out of society's interpersonal interactions and the perception of others. So in short, people shape themselves based on what other people perceive and confirm other people's opinion of themselves. So, if we try to use the same theory, it is because of this blame game that society plays, victims of sexual abuse often tend to question themselves and have negative feelings for themselves. So, where are we supposed to go from this mental prison that we are constantly pushed into? One must re- reflect on that. Certainly we must. You know, Nalakshi, another shortcoming of society is a lack of platforms for survivors of sexual assault to share their experiences. This is in fact one of the biggest reasons why people decide not to speak up. What's more is that there remains to this day a lack of knowledge about what constitutes sexual harassment even among the most educated women of our society. Often they are unaware of when that line is crossed and sometimes they may not even see it as a threat. That is right. There is a need to be empathetic. So a few things that could be kept in mind should include asking before touching or hugging a survivor. A simple, I am so sorry that this happened to you. Is it okay for me to hug you? Can go a long way. Also, using the survivor's own words to talk about their experiences is extremely important. If they avoid using some words to explain or talk about their experiences, it might be because it acts as a trigger to them. There is also a need to reinforce that the assault is not their fault and to let them know that it is okay if they speak up well after it happens. It is never too late. Respecting privacy is equally important. It takes a lot of courage, strength and trust to decide to disclose a sexual assault or abuse to a friend or family member. In general, it's important that you keep what they've shared with you private. There are however some circumstances that may require you to involve other people to best help the survivor. Some of these circumstances include if the victim is a child who is being sexually abused or if you believe there is a risk of suicide or homicide of anyone involved. Lastly, it is also important to know your limits as a helper. If a perpetrator sexually assaulted or abused your friend or family member, it's only natural to want to do all you can to help. But you have to be honest with yourself about what your limitations are. Understand that there may be times when it might be more helpful for someone to talk to a professional, like a therapist or a sexual assault advocate. Using empathetic language, it is possible to share your limitations with them in a way that tells them that you care. 
what we hope to achieve from this discussion at the very least is that whoever hears this podcast is able to bring themselves to create a safe space for those around them be mindful of the words you use the way you express yourself be knowledgeable sometimes all a person needs is to talk listen be empathetic be careful of the boundaries you create by doing something as simple as this you might be creating a safe space without knowing it